Hello, and welcome to ASUG Talks, a podcast series featuring candid career conversations with ASUG members who lead or work on SAP teams across the United States and Canada. My name is Jim Lichtenwalter. I am the ASUG Content Manager and your ASUG Talks host. In this episode, I'm joined by Bob Busey. Bob, thank you so much for joining me. Glad to be here. Bob, to kick things off, I'd love to know a little bit about your current role and the work you do each day. I am currently in a role supporting supply chain systems for a global diagnostics company. The primary focus uh, in that role is on SAP, but it includes support of other connected systems. In today's world, SAP is seldom the only system involved in any company of any size, and uh, integration is a common theme. Has integration, working in integration, always been something that you've always been doing, or is that relatively new in your career? Uh, there's always been uh, some level of it over the years, but it's changed over the years. Certainly, you know, SAP originally was was created as as one piece of software that was going to to run your company, and that has sort of evolved over the years, and and integration has uh, become more a more prominent theme. In, SAP ecosystem. Even by SAP's uh, own, you know, path forward, they've included, you know, more work on integrating with other solutions so that it can kind of flow freely between what you're using on SAP and what you're using on maybe another software solution. They recognize that, you know, this trend is not going away and they've embraced it. And, you know, with, with things like, like BTP, Let's talk about when you first encountered SAP. Where were you in your career and in your life when you first encountered SAP? I was actually a credit analyst in a manufacturing company, and uh, so a finance person. And I'd been involved in other technical projects in that department. I was actually hired partly for my financial experience and and partly for my technical aptitude because I was kind of credit analyst slash first line technical support in the department. When that company was putting together their first uh, SAP project, they went around looking for people from every area of the business to, to represent their area on the project. And they looked for those with more technical aptitude. They came to me and asked me if I would be part of this project. And, you know, I was a bit of a computer geek and, you know, building PCs and stuff on the side. And I was kind of like, oh, cool. I'd, you know, get to play with new software. This sounds like fun. I had no idea what I was getting into. And not only that, but they asked me to do it part-time. And I'm supposed to still have responsibility in, in my job. And, and that pretty much turned into two full-time jobs <laughs> for a year and a half. <laughs> it was the hardest thing I'd ever done, but it was also the most rewarding thing I had ever done. And it, and it became pretty clear by the end of that project that I had a, a much more promising future in SAP than, than as a credit analyst. And and I pretty quickly found my way to a, a role on an internal SAP project at IBM. How, how do you pivot from credit analyst to, you know, working in the SAP ecosystem? Is that something you talk to your superiors about? Or was it, did they already know that you had the acumen? None of us getting into that project knew anything about SAP. They actually gave us all a, a, a photocopy of an article out of the Wall Street Journal explaining what SAP was. And that was our introduction to SAP. And then we had our first organizational meeting with the project team who started explaining more about what SAP was. So it really was based on the people that, that first of all, had 
good knowledge of their business area. So they understood what the business needed, but they also had kind of a demonstrated aptitude for, for jumping into new things like, like SAP and making it work. Along this, this same line, since you first started using SAP, how has the organization, its software, its priorities shifted and changed over the years? Like many things, I think it's, I think it's moved in cycles. Those original five guys at IBM, their vision was the best of breed era. That was when you bought your big iron from IBM and then you started hanging applications on it and had an army of programmers to, to sit around and write interfaces and COBOL to put them all together. And they had this vision for this, this one piece of software that did everything, the Swiss Army knife of business applications. And when I got into the SAP world in the R3 era, that's what it still was. It was it was a core application that that had all you know, it had finance and sales and manufacturing and and all of the other things that it needed to have to to run a business, and then that started evolving. And when we got into the uh, you know the my SAP and they started rolling out the dimension products, and then we had supply chain management as a separate application and supplier relationship management as a separate application, and that went on for like the next. 10 plus years until S4 started really maturing. And now they're kind of coming full circle and bringing those things back into uh, into the core S4. Now, instead of having your separate supply chain management server with extended warehouse management on it, now extended warehouse management is part of the core S4 application. Now planning is part of the core S4 application again. So it's it's all come full circle, and there's obviously now a much greater emphasis on cloud technology and true software as a service products, which is I think probably the the, the biggest dynamic change in the SAP world, uh, because you know when when I started it was all on-premise applications sitting on a server. So now we have true software as a service products. Can you talk a little bit about a particularly noteworthy or challenging SAP project that you worked on? I'd love to know some of the specifics and then how you were ultimately able to be successful on that project. I think the most challenging project uh, that I worked with uh, was rolling out a, a global template to a site that had been acquired a number of years earlier. It had been like four or five years earlier, but there'd never really been anything done by the acquiring company to integrate that site into the culture of the company. And when we still got there, they still viewed themselves as the other company. And they're like, we're, we're, we're not company XYZ, we're company ABC. And I'm just like, well, I'm sorry, but the sign on the outside of the building now says <laughs> company XYZ. <laughs> but they, they just didn't want to embrace that and they still retained the culture of their previous company and had a lot of resentment over being acquired in the first place. And it's probably the greatest level of conflict that I've ever encountered in a project. It required a lot of diplomacy, a, a lot of communication, all, all of that that I could, could muster. We tried to, to focus on selling the benefits of, of the project and how it was gonna benefit the site to be more integrated with the rest of the network of the company that they were now a part of, which has turned out over the years to be exactly the case for that site. It's driven more business to them. They've, they've benefited hugely from that integration into the, the systems of the acquiring company. And you know there were 
and, and most importantly, there were people there who embraced the change, right? And those that actually embraced the change, their careers have benefited from it. You know, they were the ones that were smart enough to say, hey, you gave me lemons, I'm going to make some lemonade. <laughs> so it, it really was the, the best learning experience that I've ever had in organizational change management on a project. Change management is so hard. Do you have any recommendations or what, what did you all do to sort of ensure a change management success? I think a lot of it boils down to really listening, to, to having empathy with the people who are going to be using the system that you're eventually going to implement and actually really understanding their concerns because nobody likes change. It's uncomfortable to everybody. Everybody right out of the gate feels threatened by change. And so you have to really work to sell the benefits of what you're doing and show them how it's actually going to help them. There's no such thing as too much communication. One of the things that I, I tell people a lot is, you know, people have this idea that the only people who are really salespeople are those that have sales in their job title. And the reality is that we're all salespeople. We all go to our jobs every day with, with ideas that, that we want to try and sell to our coworkers and sell to our management because we believe they're gonna be in the best interest of, of the company. And so that's just a mindset that I take into any kind of a project like this. You have to sell ideas and you have to approach it the same way that as you're selling to a customer because how else are you gonna get an idea off the ground if you can't sell your internal organization, you know? Um, Bob, I, I wanna pivot for a minute. Um, as I was lurking on your LinkedIn page preparing for this podcast, I noticed that you were a, a lecturer for a semester at North Carolina State University. Um, would love to know about how you came about that opportunity, what it was like, and what exactly you were lecturing about. So I've known Dr. Marianne Bradford there for a number of years, and she teaches ERP classes, both undergraduate and MPA level there at NC State University. Um, she's the person who brought that topic to the university. She's been teaching in that space for, for over 20 years. And I'd been kind of a guest speaker for her over the years. And she came to me actually a, a couple of years in advance, actually spring of 2017, to say that she was planning to take this sabbatical. She needed somebody to teach the class who actually understood ERP and, and SAP because they are a member of the SAP University Alliance. And I'd always had an interest in teaching, but I'd never really acted on it. And it was actually Mary Ann who, who really saw my potential to do it and gave me the kick in the pants that I that I needed to do it. So I taught the course the way Marianne teaches it. Um, I see it as much more of a business course than an IT course. It actually sits within the accounting department in the Poole College of Management. And so while we certainly want students to get a good dose of SAP, I think the main benefit of the class is the focus on good business process, uh, as well as practical advice on, on package and vendor selection and the importance of standardization wherever possible. And, and it's always great when we get feedback uh, from students. You know, there was there was one student we had in spring of last year who was you know, one of our really, really good students. I happened to see her her birthday come up on LinkedIn. So I sent her a note, hey, happy birthday. I hope the job's going great and everything. And she came back and said, hey, you know, all that stuff I learned <laughs> in that class because she's actually in audit now at KPMG. And she's like, I'm doing IT system audit on SAP systems. So a whole lot of stuff that I learned in that class is really helpful. 
that must be so gratifying to have someone say that to you. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Definitely makes it worthwhile. But you work right now in supply chains. Yep. Obviously, right now we are in a time where supply chains are in great flux. I guess my question for you, as someone who works specifically in this space, how are you seeing organizations leverage technology to not only improve, but also bolster their supply chains? I'm kind of on the fringes of that and not necessarily in the trenches with like, I'm sure our supply chain management people in my organization who are you know, every day trying to figure out where to find a shipping container or how to get whatever from point A to, to point B. Um, but but certainly I, I think that what I see is technology that was already in use just became more important. So for example, third-party logistics uh, was already something it's, that's been certainly been a standard practice in life sciences where I work and, and I think it's become a standard practice for pretty much everybody. I think that third-party logistics continues to be uh, extremely important and that companies are probably leveraging the expertise uh, of the really big 3PL providers even more than they were before all of this stuff happened. Uh, SAP certainly continues to raise the bar with products like extended warehouse management. Uh, I I point that out because if, if you kind of look at my experience on LinkedIn. I've spent a lot of time in the warehousing space, so that's something that's kind of near and dear to my heart. Obviously, planning has become really huge during this time period, probably bigger than ever before. Uh, demand-driven MRP is is a growing topic in the planning space. Uh, there's other products and applications out there besides SAP that specialize in that, but SAP certainly um, become aware of the importance of, of that methodology and has, uh, my understanding is, have, have sort of bolstered, bolstered the capabilities around that in IBP. Great. Bob, you're obviously such a wealth of knowledge and experience in the SAP ecosystem. What advice do you have for other IT professionals who are either encountering SAP for the first time or are entering their careers in the IT space? How do you recommend that they understand the ecosystem and dive in? I think a uh, a common theme that I see among IT professionals is there's a tendency to see SAP primarily as a technical exercise, and I think that's a mistake. And I realize that you know I work in IT now. Fundamentally, I view myself as a business person who just happened to learn some SAP along the way, and I view ERP as the combining of business and technology to achieve a desired business outcome. So I would really encourage other IT professionals to embrace SAP as a business exercise and really work to build relationships with their business customers who are, are going to be using the system to really understand the business processes and how the system is being used. So I was once asked to help um, improve the receiving process in a company. And when I went and started talking to the the people that worked in receiving there, I decided I, I really needed to spend some time with them. So I met one of the senior members of the team one morning and spent the morning unloading trucks with her. And you know, allowed me to see some shortcomings in the RF transactions that they were using that we were ultimately able to improve upon. There's just so many things about how your business customers use your system and, and basically the, the problems that they have with it that you're never going to know about sitting at your desk. There's so many things that you just can't learn sitting at your desk. You've got to get out in the business with the people who are using 
the application and, and figure out what works and what doesn't. Great. Bob, last question for you. You are an ASUG volunteer, very involved in the ASUG community. I would love to know about your ASUG origin story and sort of what you do and how you're involved and how it's helped you throughout your career. So I first, I think, discovered ASUG, I think maybe around 2000, 2001. Uh, and I just, it, I just happened to attend a local meeting because it was close to the office. That was helpful, but it you know didn't really get plugged into it at the time. It was a few years later that I went to my manager and said, hey, I think this is something we should consider being part of. And, and my manager uh, agreed, embraced it, found the funding for us to, to join. And it was actually around, I think maybe 2008 to 2009 timeframe, I was at one of our meetings at NC State University, uh, which is someplace that we've, we've frequently had our spring meeting. Uh, and that's where I met Marianne Bradford who came to our meeting to, to share with us what she was doing teaching ERP there at NC State. And she was asking for volunteers who would be willing to come and be guest speaker in her class as well as to contribute to her textbook. So I took her up on that and I started, you know, being a guest speaker pretty much every semester and started out with actually a warehouse management presentation I would do about warehousing and SAP because that was kind of my focus at the time. I did start making some small contributions to her textbook, and that increased from from edition to edition along the way. That's just one of many important relationships that that go back to somebody that I met in an ASUC meeting. And I just can't stress enough how important it has been the number of people that I have met and the professional relationships, as well as just the personal friendships that I've developed over the year that have been hugely um, beneficial throughout my working years. Uh, getting involved as a chapter volunteer, which I think was around 2009 or so, just gave me more opportunity to do that. And frankly, just more opportunity to be of service to my fellow SAP people in the Carolinas and has you know, just given me a platform to, to help people, to connect people with um, you know, with information they needed occasionally with jobs, which is, is very rewarding. It's safe to say that I, I really don't think I would be where I am in my career without the, the involvement and the relationships that I've built over the years at, at ASUC. Well, that is encouraging to hear. And on that sterling recommendation note, I think I'm going to bring this <laughs> podcast to a close. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing your perspective. Well, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. That brings this ASUG Talks episode to an end. Be sure to join me for the next ASUG Talks episode. And remember to generously share these compelling conversations with other ASUG members, your professional community, and industry networks. If you would like to join us on this podcast and share your career experiences, please email us at asugnews at asug.com. 